survival in a dry and weary land. I'm in the studio today with Dr. Ken Hansen. We got an amazing topic today to talk about how do we survive in a dry and weary land. It's going to be a fun topic. Uh, Psalm 63, this is where it comes from. Psalm 63, the first uh, verse out of that psalm says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Now, David wrote this when he was in the wilderness of Judah. So welcome out to the podcast once again, Dr. Ken Hansen. We want to talk now about how, as men, how do we survive in a dry and weary land? What is a dry and weary land? What are we talking about? Yeah, so for David, it was literal. It was a literal dry and weary land. You already uh, (laughs) spoke to the fact that he was in the desert of Judah, the wilderness of Judah. Um, This time of his life, he's running from Saul, and he's just out there in barrenness, wilderness, and he's just crying out to God, right? Uh, For us as men today, uh, and in our culture today, uh, that dry and and uh, weary land is culture. I mean, uh, today our culture, um, wow, it, it's it's think about like, not a lot out like, there. Yeah, you even think about like device. Um, I don't know if I'd say addiction, but just they're addictive, right? Our devices. We're always looking at a device, screen time, FaceTime, screen time. The delusion of just how accessible data is, right? It's like we can know anything in like three seconds, right? We Google stuff or we become, you know, it, it, it's that, that landscape of like where we live. And then you think of like the moral decline in our culture. You think about church decline or the, the lack of heightened alertness in our spirituality, mm-hmm. right? It's de- declined overall. That's the dry and weary land. It's like, where do we go? You know, what's our priorities? Yeah. You know, where do we go? Like, we we live in northern Illinois. I don't know where you're listening to this podcast at, but we just, we've had, we talked about this morning, the amount of snow we've gotten recently is just massive, right? Like, yeah. there's this big, you know, a foot plus of snow just on the ground, like a blanket covering everything. And uh, I was, I filmed a video the other night when it was like snowstorm, and I put it on Facebook, and the question was, are we having church? And I answered it in the video. Um, you know, you might be wondering the snowstorm. We having church? Yeah, we are. Because is the mall going to be open? Mm-hmm. You know, and in the church will be open, right? So I'm like, buy a four by four truck and make it to church or whatever. You know, I'm joking around. And I know some people couldn't make it. And it was a lot of snow, but it's just this this the landscape that we live in. It's like it's a dry and weary land, but it's kind of a dry and weary land because we've as a culture, we've lost our spiritual appetite. Yeah. I think what makes a dry and weary land is where do people go to find meaning and purpose in their life? Specifically, what do men have to turn to, to find meaning and purpose in their life? The, the problem with our culture is our culture offers us as men, a ton of stuff, but the promises that all of those things offer us entertainment, sports, drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it may be, uh, the values it proposes to us of how we're going to satisfy ourselves at the end of the day leaves us empty and unfulfilled. It leaves our lives meaningless and purposeless. And so that's the, that's the, the landscape that we're yeah. dealing with right now. Where do we go to find meaning and purpose? I mean, where are we going to draw that from? Where, where are we, how are we going to satisfy the craving inside of us? Yeah, so David's in a physical wilderness, yeah. You know, he's in a, literally like a desert. 
And he's, he's in verse two, we're not going to go through the whole thing, but verse two actually talks about, you know, I, I looked upon you in the sanctuary. So he's remembering when he wasn't in the wilderness and he remembered what the gathering at the sanctuary was like, the plurality of the, the believers coming together. Mm -hmm. So now he's in the wilderness and he's like, it's powerful that he's saying, he's actually saying, you are my God, you know, God, you're my God. You, You know, he's even our God in the wilderness. Yeah. And I guess the challenge here as we kind of get into this is like what you're saying is like, what are the things we're turning to? Because David, even in the wilderness, he was remembering the sanctuary and he's like, you're my God, even in the wilderness. And I'm still, I'm earnestly going to seek you. Yeah. And I think that's what makes the difference of David versus just maybe average people, right? Because David was a man after God's own heart. So even here, he's like, earnestly, I'm going to seek you. And he's kind of like aching before God. He's like, my soul is thirsty for you. And he's like, my flesh faints for you. Like that's, that's intense language, <laughs> you know, yeah. in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He's like, God, you are my water. Yeah. You know, so like. So thankfully we live in the United States where we don't have to worry about, you know, physical thirst, physical water. We don't. But yeah, our wilderness is a spiritual one. And especially with COVID over the last year, it's oh, now yeah. an emotional one. Yeah. And so and when land. we were talking about yeah. this, the, the image that came to my mind so out of Psalm 63, one was I thought about in this whole concept of seeking that which brings life to our life uh, is uh, I thought about the settlers when they were moving out West yeah. and it was just a barren wasteland out there in the West. And you yeah. could get a piece of land for free if you could establish life on that land, you had so so long to build a house and to establish yeah. a residence there. And so all these people moved out to the West because they would get a homestead, a piece of land. But the first thing that they had to seek in order to survive was water. You know, they had to drill into the ground. They had to find water. And, you know, in the plains, you know, right. <laughs> there's not that many rivers. I mean, you know, you're out there in the middle of nowhere and so they needed water to survive. It was their first priority because you can't live without water. And really what David is saying in Psalm 63 is, God, I can't live without you, right? You're my water. Yeah, you're my water. You're my sustenance. You're what makes my life meaningful. You're what gives me satisfaction and, and purpose. And so in the same way that those settlers that were going out west had to find a way to find, discover water, because it was their source of life. As men, we've got to find a way to discover the living water that Jesus offers in order to survive this dry, barren wasteland of culture today. Um, and, yeah, and, and, and that's all about seeking the Lord. And you asked a good question earlier. What, what do men turn to? Yeah. And, yeah. It's this, and David's saying, he's saying, I turn, I turn to God. I earnestly sought him. I was even my flesh, right? Like he's talking about different realms, right? Like the soulish realm, like even my soul, not just my spirit, but even my soul is aching for the living God. Like David had some type of connection with God. And here's what I say, right? When you talk about the settlers and I I just think of like the simple analogies of we can, the human body can make it about 30 to 40 days without eating food. Like you, you can make it that long. Like that's a long time. That's a month. You can go without actually physically eating food, but you can only go like three days without water and you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like 
de- like three days. Like, so think about this in the concept of like spiritual meals. If God is our water, I mean, it, it, that actually makes a lot of sense to me in my life. Cause yeah. if I go about 48 to 72 hours without like encountering God or like getting to the word or something, I, I can feel dead. Right. I can feel, Oh dude, I, I, I did that thing again. I, you know, cause I'm a pastor, I'm a leader. I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like this, uh, like my personality, right? Like, I don't know how you are. I think you're probably a little more methodical than me is like just in your wiring, but I'm like not that methodical. I am, but in my own ways, right? Like I don't get up the same time every day. I don't go to bed at the same time every night. I don't have those type of set rhythms. Like I don't do a Bible study with my kids every Monday at five o'clock. I, and I've talked about it on these podcasts before, like it's just not me. Um, but, but my, it's the disciplines, right? So what I'm saying is, have I missed a 72 hour period where I haven't been with God? I have, I have missed it. I, I missed that time in the word. I got busy. I got distracted. It's like, and that's why I love grace. Ops. That's why I love the five star charts. Cause it's like crash into it again, realign yourself again, take inventory again, you know, renounce ungodliness again, live upright again. Let's get this thing going. You know, I haven't mastered it. So it's one of those things like in David, like I, I love the analogy that David is saying, God, you're my water. Mm-hmm. God, you're my water. So how do, I mean, that fits right into this conversation. Yeah, right? you literally, you're my life, God. Without you, I have no life. You're my source of life in a wilderness. Like, you know, you think about the availability, availability of movies. Hulu, Roku, however you say that, right? Like all these different, Amazon Prime, got all these different outlets you can watch movies on. I find that tempting sometimes. Like, I could watch a movie. Like, watch this movie. And then... And recently in my spiritual disciplines, I've been going, no, don't, don't watch the movie. Go after God. Like, yeah. Listen to a couple chapters of the Bible. Pray. Is that movie going to produce life? Is it going to produce meaning in you? No. (laughs) But spending time with God, spending time with Jesus, but allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you, um, it it is going to give you what you really need to live. Um, The problem with spending time with God and seeking him, like Dave talks about, um, in these verses, I mean, in verse three, David says, your love is better than life itself. I mean, yeah. David had this experience with God that if he didn't get that experience, yeah. he he felt like he was going to die. Uh, do we as men feel that way about God? Or is it easier, like you said, for us to to watch a, a, a ball game on TV or watch movies or scroll through Facebook or do whatever it is uh, we do or fill our lives with any number of activities when the number one activity and priority in our life has to be seeking God, seeking that water, seeking that life. But here's the problem. The seeking process involves warfare for us as men because the enemy knows what the key to success is. It's spending time with God. It's being refreshed by being with him. Every time I spend time with God, life flows into me. And hope. And hope and faith and, like, faith like and all of it. your whole... Yeah, especially in the days we're living in that are so difficult. We live if in I'm the not dragon spe- and the bride days. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm not spending time with God, I'm not going to make it. If you watch the news for 30 seconds, Yeah, you're, you're not going to make it. Yeah, because you're going to be hopeless. And But the enemy wants to do everything he can to distract and deter men from doing the thing that feeds them, which is prayer the word, even relationships worship. with other men, relationships with God, yeah. relationships with each other, worship. Um, and so we have to understand, um, there's a reason it's difficult to spend time with God. 
because it's a war. One of the five-star charges is, you know, to be a man of war, to be a man of God's presence, you know, and it speaks to this. There is a war to get into the presence of God because the enemy knows if men would spend time in God's presence, they would spend time in his word, they'd spend time in prayer and worship, Right. that he'll lose the battle, that men will be victorious 100% of the time. Yeah, yeah. so like you think about it, right? Like what do we turn to? We can scroll for an hour and then we look at the clock and we're like, dude, what what the heck? Right, like what? Like this stuff is potently addictive, right? Like you get on one of these apps and you start flying through it. You're like, whoa, my gosh, it's been like two or three hours. Like, and you've done nothing. You've been sitting in the same position. Your body feels lethargic. It didn't do anything for you. Right. And what what we're kind of defining and saying here is that the presence of God is our water. And David said, I'm going to earnestly seek you. So I'm going to put discipline in hunger and ache into finding this water yeah. every day. Because like we've said, you can only go three days without physical water. So the word and like worship and, and fellowship and prayer takes us into the presence. So exactly what you're saying, right? I'm just going back mm-hmm. through it. It's like... On worship, the word, prayer, and fellowship. Just think about this, men. How much warfare is on those things? Okay, so take like scrolling on an app for an hour. Easy, can do that. You know, I had a guy there days like I read on. I read about stock the stock market for two three hours. I'm like a day. He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, did you read your Bible today? He's like, oh. You got me. Good one. You know, it's like, I'm like just one chapter. Dude. Yeah. I'm in. I got, you know, it's like there's warfare. on reading that Bible. Yeah. Because it's water. It actually feeds. Yeah. It refreshes. And he doesn't want that. Here's there's the other war, warfare. Yeah. On it. Here's the other problem that we deal with is that uh, not only as men, but in the churches and as, and as Christians, uh, we do not, we're not self feeders. We've been we've become dependent on podcasts, on teachers, on TV, on radio, on our pastors to feed us. But that's not a biblical model. We're supposed to be feeding ourselves so that even when we come together on Sundays corporately, we've been feeding ourselves through the week. We're already full. We come together to get encouraged to encourage others. Sundays is not supposed to be all about us. Right. It's supposed to be about our corporate expression of worship to get refueled, charged up, um, encourage other people so we can go back out again for another week of battle and war. But we have to be feeding ourselves. And there is not a self-feeding culture in the church. It's a feed-me culture. I always think of uh, of that uh, of that feed me Seymour, right, you know. Right. Uh, plant. <laughs> yeah, the plant, you know. And he just wants to be fed yeah. all the time. And that's... A lot of our problem is this is what we become. So if we're not in church and somebody else isn't feeding us, we're not taking the time to feed ourselves during the week. Well, we're going to die, right? If we do that, and we're going to die in this in this culture. Like revelation, yeah. all the time. You know, like we it's... we have to. It's our responsibility, according to Scripture, to feed ourselves. It's not the pastor's responsibility to feed you. Right. And it's not your husband or wife's responsibility to feed you, right? It's your responsibility. You have to seek after God. You've got to be like those settlers. Seek. You've got to seek that water because you believe in your heart that that water and is the, the key to life. The first thing we have to do is identify that this is right on target. What we're saying is real. We don't have to prove yeah. it to you. You already know it. 
when we say uh, worship, word, and prayer, there's warfare on it. You're like, yep, yep, I got that. Yeah. You know, like we're you and I are in church leadership. You've been in church leadership uh, 15 years, probably longer than me. Maybe maybe longer than I don't know. I've been in the around the church culture, but it's insane to me when if a person thinks they're a mature believer, but they come to church or that community, because in the community, the gathering of the saints is actually where we're coming together corporately to that water. You know, we are coming to, together and we're we're really expressing worship. It's very vertical. You know, Sundays are very vertical oriented. It's like, God, we love you. We honor you. We're worshiping you corporately. Um, we're, we're, we're opening our mind, heart, will, emotions to the word to be, you know, to come into us. But not every Sunday is for every person. And the more mature you are in the faith, you need to realize that you're there really not for yourself. You're there to help the new believers. You're to help, help them find the way, help them earnestly seek the Lord, help yeah. them grow in their dis- discipleship and they're finding this water. It's not, it's really hard when like someone claims to be mature and they may or may not leave your church or like this whole concept of like leaving a church. It's like, I don't get that. It's like, or, or I wasn't fed there. Well, you already got the wrong idea of what church is, right? Like if you're right. And that's so prevalent in our culture. Isn't it annoying? Yeah. Come on, Ken. It's annoying. It's very annoying. <laughs> right? Like they didn't feed me there and feed this. It's the plant, right? Feed me. Yeah. Feed me. It's like, it's selfish. It's like die to yourself. Yeah. You know that. You know. So it, it, it's just another. Symptom. It, it doesn't lead you to maturity. And if you think you're mature and you th- and you're going to church to be fed, I'm going to say you're not yeah. mature. Right. That's not a mature because it's another symptom of our postmodern narcissistic culture. Everything's yeah. about me. Self-centered. Yep. Feed me. Right. I want it to be all about me. Right. That but message, the kingdom isn't all about like, me. The kingdom is other-centered. What, it's what are you going to do? Like hold up the rating cards. Pastor Ken, your message was an eight today. Right. It's 10 today. It's only a four and a half. But in a lot of places, that's kind of how people view the service. It's stupid. What did this service do for me today? The question is not, what did the service do for me today? The question when we gather together is, what did I do for God and others today? Yeah. How did this, when I was here, how did this day advance the community? How did this day bless the name of God? Yeah. And how was my participation in it holy? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so, as guys, you know, the thought that we have today for you guys is, are you a self-feeder? Are you like those settlers? Are you? Do you understand that you need the water of the Spirit, so to speak, to survive, to stay healthy, to stay encouraged, to stay hopeful, to stay faithful, uh, all of that stuff? What are you doing, you know, every week to, to feed yourself, to put yourself in the presence of God because you need that water? That's where you derive your meaning and your purpose from. Yeah. That's that's what's going to satisfy the craving of your soul. Not all the stuff that this world offers you, the porn, the everything that says, hey, you know, do this and you'll feel satisfied. You'll feel satisfied for two seconds and then there will be an emptiness in your soul that is unbelievable. You'll be, it says, you, you know, if you turn to the dry land, those things you just mentioned, it'll make you weary. Yeah. Right? Dry and weary. Yeah. You and get discouraged. Unfortunately, that's more so... The spiritual condition of the men of our country. Yeah. Bored. Yeah. Dry. Weary. Dull. Doesn't mean they're bad. Doesn't mean they're not loved and not empowered. And and, and, and see, for me, the presence of God is where it's at. Yep. And it's easy to get to the presence of God because all I got to do is pray, get in the word, or worship. It's The avenues to get there are easy. But the warfare to actually pray, like Stephen Pressfield, right? He, I love his book, The War on Art. 
in in the war on art he says he says writing a book is is easy he said the hardest part about writing a book is actually sitting down to write the book yeah <laughs> it's like prayer is easy the hardest part about prayer is actually praying reading the bible yeah. is easy the hardest part is reading yep. it <laughs> right worshiping god is easy we love the fruit of all that stuff we love what it does for us but we're dull yeah got to be intentional and we've got to be sharpened we got to be forged right with this this anvil that we create in our culture of the five-star charge and we're highlighting that as something for you to consider to engage of war be, like david is david is this language he's using about i'm earnestly seeking you well that was like him saying i declare war on this dry land i'm going to remember my god in the sanctuary and i'm going to be i remember beholding him and i remember the beauty of who he is and I'm going to experience them even here in the wilderness. I mean, like, that was a warfare mindset. He had a, a, a powerful mindset to actually go after God in the wilderness and not to succumb to, like, whining and complaining. And, yeah, oh I my think God is so, I'm so thirsty and hungry. And yeah, I, I think another problem that we have in our culture is we want everything to be easy for us. We want everything. We're so used to being weighted on hand and foot. You know, we want information. It's at our fingertips instantly. We, you know, <laughs> we're in this instant culture. But God is an instant, and you have to dig. You have to mine. You have to. You have to put some effort into it. So I, I go back again. Those settlers. You know, water didn't just appear in the plains. They were smart people. They looked for signs. Where where might the water be? And then they'd have to dig down into the ground. To access the water, there was some work involved. That's the discipline. Yeah. But it was worth it, man. When they hit that water, they realized we're going to be able to stay here. We're going to be able to live. <laughs> life can go on. Yeah, life can go on. Otherwise, they were heading back east. Um, and so we shouldn't think it's strange that, you know, to pray, to worship, to read the word is going to require discipline or effort on our part. That the enemy's going to battle us. He's going to try and make it so we think we don't have time, but we've got to deliberately and intentionally carve out the time to be with Jesus because right. we know if we don't, we'll die. And to, to survive in a dry and weary land, we do need to engage these, these tactics. And for me, if I, if, I, if I have like a Bible reading plan, whatever that plan is, mm-hmm. It's something I can continuously go to. Uh, if I have a time frame of the day where like, hey, I want to pray at this time. you know. So kind of like what I'm saying is like scheduling it mm-hmm. is going to help you be more successful in doing it yeah. and, and, and getting it done versus just like, well, I'll just do it whenever. You know, like I know guys that get up way before they go to work and they read their Bible for an hour and yeah. pray, get a time with God. And that they're they're on fire, man. Like yeah. they're, they're doing good, you know, that, and that's a sustaining thing, you know? Yeah. So it's like that, that these are the survival tactics of the dry and weary spiritual land that we yeah. live in. Right. Like, and I want to just say to guys, you know, if you set a schedule for yourself, if you have a Bible reading program and you miss a day or two, don't quit and give up. Yeah, just right. go back to where you left off. Right. No big deal. No big deal. Don't let the enemy say, well, you missed a couple days. So now you're off the schedule. And I can't tell you how many people just, like give up because they missed a few days. Right. Who cares? And what I tell people get back sometimes, on. if you're OCD about it, the two days you miss, just skip them. Yeah. If you if you got to stay on track with the thing and you got to do the thing yep. the way the thing was designed, then just they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. You're not gonna if you miss two chapters of Luke and you you, 
you miss, you know, chapter one and two and you read chapter three, it's still going to impact your life. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And they're like, Oh, I never thought about like that. Yeah. You know, I was like, um, for me personally, I know the way I'm wired in, in, uh, now I'm not, you're, you'd blow me away in this area. Now I can listen to auto audio books. I can listen to the Bible. Um, but I, to, for me to read more than a chapter of like anything blows my brain cells. Yeah. Like I, I, I can focus on a chapter a day. You know, if you want to get me reading a hundred pages yep. a day, college, all that stuff, no way. There's no way my brain. Will I often tell our, pe- <laughs> I often tell our people. In fact, our Bible reading program for the church is designed around just reading one chapter a day. Yeah, I love. You that. know, to go through the whole Bible in a year, you got to read three chapters a day. I don't think there's any of us that get anything out Isn't of three chapters a day. I thought it was five a day. Yeah, three chapters a day, that. but three chapters yeah, a day a is a lot. A lot of right. Reading. I mean, I want to get something out of what I read. And if I'm reading three chapters, I'm I'm blowing through it just to to get check through it, it so I can list. check it off the right. list. And the that's goal not necessarily being, surviving. No, the goal of being with Jesus is not to make the check; it's to actually be with Him and to get something. So we do just one chapter a day, and I tell our people: if you can't get through the one chapter, if you read three and you get stuck at a verse, then stay at that verse and right. let the Holy Spirit minister to you. It, right? It's about you're getting something. God. Yeah, you're it's about encountering God, God and get yeah. something out of it, it's not beautiful. checking a box, dear Lord. That's yeah, religion. So as we as we kind of wind down here and close out, it our topic's simple, but we're hitting something that's so important in this hour because we live in this drying weary land spiritually. So engage engage the the five star charge of war and look at yourself as a man of war, like we've described David in these areas of declaring, You are my God, and I'm going to seek you. I'm going to find you, even in a drying weary land. To realize that without God, without that water, we really are thirsty. Yeah. We really are dusty. I love what David says in verse 5. He interrupts it up and he says, he goes through this whole thing about he's seeking God and he's finding him in the sanctuary and his love is better than life. And then in verse 5 he says, I will be fully satisfied. Yeah. Isn't that where we want to be? You know, yeah. as, a, as a man, I want to be fully satisfied. And the way to be fully satisfied is to spend time with Jesus. Yeah, He's so. the only one that can satisfy what I really need. He's the only one, let's be honest, that knows what I really need. I don't even know right. what I need. <laughs> right. So Christ is the water that we must be seeking in this spiritually dry and weary land in which we live. It's what will change the culture. It's what will change the atmosphere. So guys, today, shift your mindset into a warrior mindset. Don't be narcissistic in your spiritual growth. Now, if you're young and you're just starting off, you're, you need to develop. You need to grow. You know, you go from milk to meat, you know, and it takes time. But if you're, you've been around this for a while, keep your eyes fixed on the things that matter. Um, so identify God as your spiritual water and do the disciplines of going after the presence of God. Be a man of war today. That's how we survive. And that's how we turn into people who thrive in the land. And we become people who other people come to. You know, it's it's a whole other analogy of that's just how the wasteland becomes an oasis. Whole, the whole thing of Engedi. Did you ever go to Engedi in Israel? Yeah, 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 it's amazing. And it's a it's an oasis in the middle of the wilderness. And if we are going after the living water, we become an Engedi. We become a, a place of refreshing for a world that's in a parched and dry, scorched land. Which, honestly, guys, look around. It's not that hard to be refreshing around this lost, broken down world. It's not that hard to be, you know, so here's in Getty, there's live 
lush green everywhere in the middle of the wilderness, right? It's an oasis. And so that's what God wants us to be. If we, if we are really good men of war and we're disciplined in these areas, we will become an oasis of water to this dry and weary land. And that's really the goal of it all, or it's one of the byproducts of it. Well, it's been great to be with you, Dr. Ken. Thanks. Great, great to be with friend you as of always. Mine and and uh, love what we're doing here in Grace Ops. I'd like to invite you to check out our social media. You can find us on uh, almost all the most social media platforms at Grace Ops 212. So just search us Grace Ops 212. Subscribe to the podcast, share it with some friends. Love to have you engage. We got all kinds of fresh gear and apparel coming out. It's this stuff looks hot, man. <laughs> it looks hot. So um, go to our Facebook page. I'll be posting some pictures uh, soon. You can find some of the, the stuff there. Anyway, we, we love you guys. We care about you. We're here to empower you to live upright.